0: everybody. It's Allie, and welcome to our YNR chat for Sunday, March 4th, 2018. I am coming at you today with an all-audio version of our chat. Hopefully, you guys heard me mention last week that I went out of town for a little bit. I just got back yesterday, just snuck in all of of my YNR episodes as of... Literally just a, an hour ago. <laughs> and although I haven't had as much time this week to let all five of the episodes sink in, I certainly do have some opinions. <laughs> so uh, I thought I would come on here and just give you at least my initial impressions. And uh, I also, by the way, have had a chance to kind of browse around uh, at the website a little bit this week, and I'm taking a look right off the top. At the poll results from our question last week, I asked you, did YNR give Chelsea? a good goodbye to Genoa City. And the overwhelming majority of YNR chatters, 76% of us, said no. YNR did not do a good job with Chelsea's exit. And I have to agree with the majority here. I mean, we're five episodes in. We've had the entire week of the show, and Chelsea is pretty much gone. She made a pseudo reappearance by Friday, but all of that drama that we got last week just seemed to just go up in smoke, like Chelsea just poof, disappeared. It is... I have to, I can't stop feeling like it. It does feel a little bit, to me anyway, disrespectful to the character, disrespectful to the fans of the character, that in an instant, not only is Chelsea gone, but everything good about her was a lie. It feels like everyone in town now hates Chelsea and assumes that everything she's ever done was just a long con. Even her relationship with Nick seems to have just been boiled down to a long con, and I think that some of that was resolved uh, toward the end of the week, as Chelsea did make her reappearance to explain a few things, but it doesn't sit right with me, th- the, just the note, the sour note that they sent this character off on, and, and it certainly didn't sit right with Nick. Now, I mean, what's he supposed to do? Nick is sitting alone at home with Christian in the empty apartment that Chelsea has left them in. Sorry, Christian. New mommy has run away and left the family. Doesn't it sound a little bit like the Dina story? I made that connection, uh, again, toward the end of the week with with Jack. It's an interesting tie-in there, because I think Chelsea's probably in Paris somewhere, even. (laughs) Why do the mommies on the show always run away to Paris, and where do I sign up? Um... I think it's also interesting in considering the way this storyline has gone down as a whole that Phyllis was so opposed to Chelsea and to Chelsea's lies yet at the beginning of the week Phyllis has been the biggest champion of keeping Chelsea's lies literally It's the same story, replacing Phyllis with Chelsea, right down to the fact that Victor was pressuring Phyllis into letting him see his grandson. Does any of that sound familiar? Ugh. And then in contrast to the, the, the you know, the character of, uh, you know, or the side at least of keeping the secret from Nick, the paternity secret from Nick, we've got Sharon painted as the saint who couldn't bear to let Nick live in a lie. There's a question at the beginning of the week of whether or not it's best for Nick to tell him. Phyllis tries to stop Sharon from telling him, but Sharon refuses to keep this secret. She literally knocks Phyllis out of the way and unburdens herself to Nick, blurts out to him, you're not Christian's father. Oh, Nick's reaction, I don't know if anybody else felt this way, but to me, I'm looking looking at him, and he seemed surprisingly unsurprised right? He says to Sharon, wait a minute, wait a minute. I want you to look me in the eyes and say that again. And she does. You're not Christian's father, she tells him. And something in her conviction, the way that she said it, must have validated something that he was already... I don't know, subconsciously aware of or subconsciously afraid of, and he took it for truth relatively easily. He does go to the hospital for an emergency DNA test. Sharon ends up meeting him there, and they just have this long, Talk sitting in the waiting room. It was heart-wrenching. Nick sitting there not knowing what his fate is gonna be, but somehow knowing what his fate is gonna be, and he's talking to Sharon, and he even acknowledges that in this moment, he feels especially cruel for having taken Uh, Sully away from Sharon. He's he's making that connection between what he did to Sharon and what is happening to him right now. It hurts to lose a child and now here they both are again uh, right in that same spot. I mean it was both predictable and also sort of a full circle moment at the same time. Um, The results do come in, and they confirm Nick's nightmare that Christian is indeed Adam's son, and there's this really great moment, a really great scene, the way it was set up visually, where we just zoom out of Nick and Sharon, and we see Nick looking at the results, dropping them on the ground. We see the the pace of paper actually hit the floor and he's just weeping, weeping with Sharon sitting there um, confronting him. Or, sorry, com- comforting him. Uh, it was really hard to watch. It's hard to see Nick in this place. His life has now just become one devastating blow after another with so many unanswered questions still lingering in the air. And to add insult to injury who should show up at the penthouse doorstep this week chelsea's mother anita i <laughs> never liked anita before if you go back and listen to the ynr chats when she was on the show there was just always something about her that drove me crazy it rubbed me wrong and now here we are this week could she have been any more Disgusting. It it was... She was revolting to me, walking through his door, telling Nick that, oh, I'm so sorry that my daughter did this to you. I can't even believe she would do such a thing. And then turns it in an instant saying, um, yeah, actually I'm here to provide you with a video that Chelsea made for Christian. Chelsea told me that she, that, you know, she made this video and uh, she wants you to give it to Christian and you can actually have it. If you give me $25,000, yuck! Yuck! What what kind of person blackmails a grieving man like that? I think this speaks volumes to where Chelsea has come from. I mean... If, if her mother is someone like this, it is amazing that she was ever able to pull her life around, even for a little bit. <sighs> Nick, Nick just looks at this disgusting sorry excuse for a woman standing in that apartment and he says to her look I don't exactly have 25,000 bucks laying around I don't really even care about this video but Anita tells him no you want this don't you want answers there's so many unanswered questions and surely you're gonna want to know and Nick just says you know what I'm not gonna give you a dime but you know what you can have here's Chelsea's engagement ring there's enough dime in there to support a village. So, you know, why don't you take that? Plus, what do I need it for? Not a damn thing. I'm done with Chelsea. There's not a word I need you to pass to her or for her to pass to me. We're over. So, he gives, Anita reluctantly accepts his paltry diamond engagement ring, jets out the door, and Nick sits down to watch the video. And when he does Get around to it, he sees Chelsea's face appear on the screen. And this is the first we've seen from her since she split town. And she's talking to Christian on his 18th birthday. We realize that this is a video that she didn't want Christian to see until he was 18 years old, and she was wanting to take the opportunity to explain to him this paternity secret. Um, She didn't know at the time that she left that that secret was going to come out. She assumed that it would have, but on the off chance that it didn't, she wanted Christian to know the truth, and uh, of, of course, uh, you know all of that had already come out you know, by the time watches Nick is watching this video. But it did serve as an important moment of, of 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 exposition for Nick to understand what really happened. There were two key points that Nick needed to know in watching this video. One was that Adam was the one who switched the paternity test results in the first place, and that uh, from Chelsea's perspective, she's saying Adam did that knowing that Nick would make a good father to Christian. It wasn't that he was abandoning his son. that he It, w- it was that he knew that Nick would be a suitable uh, f- father figure for Christian, and two, the other thing that Nick um, needed to know was that Sage knew about it, Sage knew his loving um, pa- you know wife who passed away knew about this and she also Uh, wanted Nick to be the father to her son, that it was part of her wishes, too. So, in a way, it was Nick receiving a little bit of cold comfort, knowing that even though he doesn't share biology with Christian, it was the wish of both of Christian's biological parents that Nick would go on to be the father figure. So, that video answered some of the you know, Nick's questions that were still lingering in the air. And I guess that puts a pin in the story of Chelsea and of Chelsea and Nick's relationship. She is gone, gone, gone for now, and for now anyway do you think she will end up coming back? And if so, what would the reception be? I mean, even, I just can't keep, stop thinking back to at the beginning of the week, too. The fact that people were judging Chelsea for leaving Christian on Victoria's doorstep in the cold Wisconsin weather. I mean, it just, she just has been painted as such a monster. Do you think that Nick's opinion of Chelsea? will have softened a little bit after watching that video. She most certainly did also say, I, you know, I loved Nick. I loved Nick. And that's why I wanted, you know, you to stay with him or whatever she said. There was a sense of, I did love Nick. And it was a way for her to say it without saying it him, although for crying out loud, she she could go a little bit more out of her way to say it to him, but he got the letter. So, I mean, it is what it is. Now Nick has some answers to some of the practical questions in his mind, but he also still has to decide how he's going to move on with his life. Where's he going to live? Where's he going to go? He can't stay in Chelsea's condo, Nikki and Victor invited him to move back in to Abby's tech house while she's out of town. Nice. Real nice. (laughs) They offered, Victor offered Abby to live in that tech house and said, no, it's yours. You're on your own. Uh, There's no strings attached. And then when she's out of town working on Newman business, they just offer to let Nick move right on in back there. Rude. Plus, I'm so glad, I, whatever, I'm glad Nick declined that offer, thank goodness, because I would prefer to never see the tag house again. <laughs> I don't care if it's Abby or Nick or anybody else staying there, it's a horrible set. But, <clears throat> Sharon offers to let Nick stay at her house. So, Nick has some, he has some invitations of where he can stay, uh, hum. Sharon offers Nick to stay and I just don't know what to think about that. Hey, I have to mention really, really quick... <laughs> I think Y&R is recycling wardrobes right now a little more than usual. She, as Sharon was offering to let Nick stay, and throughout the week, I kept noticing the sweater that she had on because it's a sweater that I absolutely loved the first time she wore it. She it was it's that gray kind of um I don't know if it's like it's not really cable knit, but it's a gray sweater that has sheer white sleeves with like, I don't know, polka dots or something in the fabric. It's a really distinctive and beautiful sweater that I loved so very much, but I have never, in all of my time watching y- YNR, in nearly 25 years, I have never seen them recycle clothing before. And last week, we had Victoria putting on that rad rose dress again to do the Valentine's Day redo, and now this again? is Are they trying to save money on wardrobe or something, but I really hate seeing clothes twice. I, <laughs> this is so snobby of me or something, but I guess I've just gotten so spoiled and I'm believing that these people are wildly rich and there's just something that takes me out of the moment and thinking that they could dare wear an outfit twice. I don't know if anybody else noticed that or cared, but um, I couldn't help but mention it. So yeah, Sharon is is wearing a dirty <laughs> A dirty sweater that is not crisp from the uh, manufacturer. While she is asking Nick if he wants to move in, and at first he declines. He says, "No, you know, I appreciate the offer. It's very tempting, but me and Christian need to find our own way." Uh, And and interestingly, when Mariah finds out that Sharon had offered that to Nick, remember that Mariah and Sharon are sharing the cottage, and. Sharon tells Mariah that she offered for Nick to move in there. Mariah was like, I'm so glad that that didn't work out. You really dodged a bullet there. Do you think that it's such a good idea for you to be living with your ex-husband and with the child that you thought was yours? It seems like a recipe for disaster. (laughs) But after Nick listened to that message, From Chelsea. He realizes even more than he did before, that that Christian is going to need a support system. He lost Connor. I mean, that was his little buddy. That was like his brother. Not only is he losing a mother fig- figure, but he's losing a half-brother. Another important distinction, by the way, that was made in Chelsea's video was uh, Chelsea wanting Christian to know that he has a half-brother in Connor, and maybe that's something. I think I just thought that was a little bit of an interesting seed because we may start to see these patterns develop again with the next generation of YNR characters. We had Nick discovering that he had this half brother in Adam, and maybe in the future, we'll if we continue to follow Christian's story, we'll have Connor Brock back on the show in a few years as a thirty-year-old, and maybe that's that cycle will repeat itself. But um, I think Nick was realizing from that message that it would be good for Christian to be around family. And, you know, Sharon and Mariah living at the cottage, Faith, that's his daughter. That's where his daughter lives. It would be easy for them to not have to, to cart her back and forth places. So he decides to accept Sharon's offer and Sharon couldn't be more delighted. So there you go. Nick and Sharon pretty much back together, lickety-split. <laughs> Allie's wish has been granted, but I don't know. It's kind of without any of the fanfare. I mean, it, it's not indicating that Nick and Sharon are actually exactly back Together, but it's it's kind of close. It's clearly on the road to being back together. Didn't Sharon learn her lesson with Scott about moving guys in too quickly? I I don't know if this is such a good idea. Let's toss that out to the crowd. That's our poll question for the week. Do you think it's a good idea? for Nick to move in with Sharon? Are you thinking it's, you know, right on track? Why not? Let's go for it. Life's short. Or are you more falling into the the camp of thinking that it's a little too quick? I don't know. I... (sighs) Why com. Let's get some some conversation going on that. Let's get some votes in in the poll and see how you guys are feeling about the speed, let's say, at which Nick and Sharon are moving forward with at least their friendship. I, I... I'm sure that YNR is taking us in a direction where we're going to have the opportunity to, you know, watch Nick and Sharon fall back in love, and hopefully, the majority of fans will enjoy that. It's just odd that they're they're probably going to be like falling back in love while they're already living together and raising a family together. It feels like there's maybe some steps missing <laughs> in between. I don't know. We'll see how you guys feel about it. Um, it's funny that everybody thinks they're keeping this paternity secret from Victor <laughs> Nick and Sharon think they know something and they just gotta find you know keep Victor from finding out meanwhile he knows the whole thing Nikki found out this week that Victor already knew about the Chelsea 2.0 scam and then he helped her cover it up Phyllis uh, let that Slip a little bit, and and when Nikki confronted Victor about it, Victor, of course, as always, covered his tracks, saying he didn't want to hurt Nicholas. So he paints it in a way of uh, I I I didn't want to hurt him by by letting him realize that his girlfriend was up to these scams. And maybe maybe that is where Victor's heart is. Maybe he just doesn't want to hurt Nick anymore than he's already hurting, but. Um, the interesting comment that Victor made in that conversation with Nikki was that he is bound and determined to find Chelsea and that he's bound and determined to bring Connor back and sue for custody and raise Connor at the ranch. Do you think that will actually happen? I mean, he was telling Nikki he's basically ready to 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 raise that child right there at the ranch as his own. I wonder if we'll see any traction on Connor coming back to town. I'm not sure. I, I see, because the thing is, after hearing Sharon and Phyllis and Nick all make a pact to not tell Victor about any of this, I just feel like that is a little bit of a hint. Like, we're going to see Victor try to sue for paternity, if not of Connor, then of Christian or something in the future, or sue for uh, custody, sorry. Uh, You know what I'm saying? It's like the fact that Victor and Nick also had those few moments of civility this week, where they were kind of, sort of, getting along. It just, almost seemed to me like this, it was like it sealed the deal of doom. Jack had a little meeting with Victoria this week to discuss their plan to frame Ashley for corporate espionage, and Ashley walks right in on it. Uh, she walks right in and can practically smell the rat from outside the revolving door of the GCAC. She doesn't hear the content of what they're talking about, but there's no reason on earth why Jack and Victoria should be sitting there commiserating. So, Ashley knows something is up. And, you know, I think Jack clearly, clearly does not want to go through with this plan. Jack is looking for any sign that Ashley will just come back to Jabot on her own. He's looking for any excuse to back out of this deal with Victoria for what he's about to do. Uh, He knows he's going to hurt Ashley. I don't think he wants to do it, uh, but he feels like he's doing it for her own good. Ashley is thriving at Newman. She is, like, doing well left and right. She's closing deals. She's creating an atmosphere of competition, so she thinks, and she thinks it's great for all of the above. Ashley is a very competent, very very smart, uh, very innovative businesswoman, and she feels like she's actually giving an opportunity to thrive at Newman Enterprises, and I think think that realizing Victoria and Jack are up to something is only going to make her fight harder. She does go to Billy and confirm th- that, you know, she thinks that Jack and Victoria are up to something. Do you get any vibe from that whatsoever? And Billy does say, oh, yeah, Victoria was fishing around for information the other day about what happened at Chabot, and and that didn't seem odd to me at the time, but now that you mention it, maybe. So it's very possible that, you know, that not only has Billy tipped Ashley off, but maybe Billy's going to get involved in it. I kind of wonder if he's going to pay a follow up visit to Jack or to Victoria and see if he can find out what they're up to. Um, Because I'm also guessing that next week, Victoria and Jack are going to turn the key on their plan to frame Ashley. Jack Has given an interview or something to a reporter. And in the content of the interview, he was trying to make it sound like he has some kind of inside information on Newman and what they're doing with this acquisition. And then I assume that article is going to come out and it's all going to be conveniently revealed that Jack had Ashley's watermark documents on that deal. Um, Or I don't know, is there any chance that Jack's going to decide to not go through with it? We've seen him have this crisis of conscience, and that can only be compounded by what's going on with Dina. <laughs> on Friday's episode, Jack and Ashley get a video call late in the evening from Dina and they're like, whoa, that can't be good news. And it's not. Dina is video calling Jack to tell him that she is lost. She doesn't know where she is. She went on a train trip to Bordeaux with her nurse and they got separated. Well, some nurse, (laughs) Dina's alone in a huge crowd. She's afraid. The nurse is probably off somewhere sipping wine samples, (laughs) and Dina is who knows where. Why can't anyone keep track of this woman if she is not off burning down a building, stabbing someone, stealing a child? She's wandering off in a major metropolitan city. On the plus side, I have a feeling (laughs) that this is going to lead the Abbots to the realization that Dina is no better off in Paris than she was in Genoa City, so I guess we might just have to bring her home now. J.T. received some court papers this week informing him that Mackenzie has filed for full custody of their children. It seems kind of out of the blue to me that she would do this, especially knowing who Mac is. If you guys remember the character of Mackenzie at all, she is one of the down-to-earth Honest, good-natured characters on the show, kind of like Tracy. Her, Brock was her father, and that's who Brock was. And for you know, in in um, in his later years, he was just very like into building houses for people in less fortunate countries. He was constantly doing volunteer work. He was a traveler, and Mackenzie was very much picking up that torch. She was a good person. So why would? she be acting so rash all of a sudden? That doesn't make sense to me. And JT spins it when he talks to Victoria about it and says that the reason Mac is mostly filing for full custody is because of her because that JT is moving in and moving on with Victoria so fast, and Mac doesn't really appreciate how the, how fast they're moving and that they're getting back together, and Mac doesn't really like Victoria, and that doesn't really seem to make sense to Victoria either. So, she starts (laughs) snooping around a little bit. First, she asked Reed what his opinion was. Like, what was the climate in the household when you guys were all living together? Does this seem like Mac? And it clearly made Reed uncomfortable. He really didn't want to talk about it. It didn't seem like he had a lot of information to give anyway. Reed had gotten older by that point. He was trying to stay out of the house. He see, He even said something to Victoria. I don't know if it was, was it this week or was it last week? It's all a blur. But, but he did mention something that implied maybe he didn't feel that Mac made him comfortable in the house. Like Mac didn't maybe make him feel like he was a part of the family. He felt unwelcome so he tried to stay away. Again, doesn't sound like Mac to me. I don't know. Unless she's had a big personality change. Well, it raises enough of a red flag to Victoria where she, with good intentions, of course, thinks she's going to call Mac, leaves Mac a voicemail. She goes directly to the source without telling JT and is trying to approach Mac in a mom-to-mom kind of way. Big mistake. Big mistake. Because not only is she going behind JT's back, but because it's, 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 it's getting into the middle of someone else's messy divorce. It's a terrible, terrible idea. You, Victoria had no business making the phone call, no matter how good her intentions were. And of course, JT let her know that he did not appreciate this at all. Mac wasn't hearing it. If Victoria is the source of all of this, Mac really didn't appreciate Victoria reaching out to her directly, and JT interprets this as Victoria disrespecting him. He really, really scolded Victoria, laid into her to stay out of his business, even though he doesn't stay out of hers. Victoria and Lily were having a business meeting at the house this week, and not only is he snooping around her computer while the girls are off making tea, but he butts in on the meeting as Victoria's telling Lily, she reports to her, don't go to Ashley, I'm the boss, yada yada. Hey, I was on Lily's side completely. Lily's being put in an awkward position, and Victoria is just being a real dictator about all of this. I don't like Victoria's behavior toward Lily in any way, but JT doesn't get to tell Victoria to stay out of his business and then turn around and literally weigh in on hers right in front of an employee. P.S. I think this is more evidence that JT is going to put the moves on Lily later at the bar. they're talking to one another and they're being friendly and Lily is trying to open up saying yeah I used to have a good relationship with Victoria and now it's just gotten uncomfortable for me and Victoria ends up walking in on it and she doesn't like it she is immediately jealous, I think, to see Victoria sitting there with another woman, but she's also not happy to see JT sitting there with one of her underlings, one of her employees. (sighs) The more I think about it, the more I don't even think that JT wants a relationship with Victoria at all. I think he's still bitter toward her for everything that happened in the marriage and the divorce. And I think that he assumes the best way to complete his spy job for Paul and Christine is to just pretend to be involved with her. I don't, I don't think he wants to be involved with her. If you think about it, nothing that he's done so far indicates love at all. There's nothing that he's done that says, I love you. The words coming out of his mouth say, I love you. But all he does is pick her apart. He criticizes her. He makes her question herself. He plays on her insecurities and he knows her well enough to do it successfully. He has successfully gotten into her head and into her bed at home. And now he's getting into her head at work, too. He's making her paranoid, saying that the employees are starting to all talk about her behind her back. He's setting up a scenario here where everybody else is the bad guy and he's the good guy. He's the one that she can trust. The only one that she can trust. What was it he said on Friday? Something. Oh, I wanted to smack him. He said something about how, oh, you know, a lot of guys wouldn't even put up with you, Victoria. But I love your crazy, beautiful mind. A lot of guys wouldn't want that. But I love you. You know how, like, all your other relationships haven't worked out? Well, that's only because they, they weren't man enough. They weren't right. I'm right. Ew. Ew. The other thing that's nagging on me, (laughs) obviously, I've already said it, is Mac. It's really, it's just, it's bugging me that she's had this drastic off-screen character change, and we all know that she's been cast to return to the show in March as part of our 45-year anniversary bash, um, along with several other characters from JT's past. We talked last week about David Lago coming back as Raul, and Marianne had sent me another article saying that Lauren Woodland is coming back to play Britney, so these are all people who are connected to JT, and I think on the one hand, okay, well, maybe Mac and Raul and Brittany and all these people are simply returning for, like, a custody hearing. Maybe Brittany and Raul are going to be part of a parade of character witnesses in, in favor, or I suppose against JT in one way or another, but, or, but, or, or is there any chance that Mac is working with JT To keep, like... Victoria thrown off the scent of what's going on? Is there any chance that Mackenzie wants to bust Victor and his company? Because it sounds a little bit more in line with what we know about Mac and her existing character if she wanted to be involved in busting out a ruthless billionaire corporation. That makes more sense knowing what I know about Mac than thinking that she's just trying to snatch her children away from their father... I had some fun this week (laughs) watching those sequences of Hillary's pregnancy and childbirth fantasies that turned into nightmares. That was really funny. She is like imagining that this, that she's gone through with the in vitro fertilization and she's having, she's in the delivery room having her child and it's a beautiful, (laughs) it's a beautiful experience where her lipstick, her lip gloss is just glistening and she's just going ooh, ooh, ah it's the most beautiful and perfect and mild like almost like it felt good giving birth <laughs> scenario and then she looks down and the doctor is the father it turns into a nightmare where he's taking the child away from her and then she has another nightmare scenario where after she's given birth she's at the athletic club with her child or i think no i think she's pregnant Still, yeah, and I think maybe she was pregnant still, but she was running into the father, realizing that he was the donor she picked, and oh, he's so handsome and everything, and then all of a sudden the cops come in, slap some cuffs on him, and he's like a serial killer. (laughs) Oh, those were funny. I liked that. I'd say that we were correct in predicting that the idea of artificial insemination has been officially soured in Hillary's mind and removed from Hillary's mind. Well, I mean, besides, she's already now had the realization that what she really wants is a family with the man she loves, with Devon. But (sighs) Devon, Devon runs hot or ice cold when it comes to Hillary. He is so disgusted by her and her collusion with Juliet, and he was refusing to do business with her directly. He was sending Tessa to be the go-between for everything. So, Hillary just decides to quit. She just offers her resignation right then and there, and I'm thinking, maybe that's not such a bad thing. Yet, Devon invokes her contract, and the fact that there is apparently a clause in her contract that requires her to stay with the Hillary Hour for a certain amount of time after the deal has gone through, and something about that, though, just the fact that he would bring that up made me kind of suspicious of Devon. Like, if he wants Hillary out of his life and out of his family so bad, then... Well, first of all, backing up, why the hell did he buy her show in the first place? And then now why would why would he require her to stay in his life? Like why would he require her to stay there? I just it makes me suspicious of Devon and I just I suspect that Devon simply enjoys having control over Hillary. I think that this gives him an opportunity. To have the one thing that he didn't have when they were married, control. That was always what he wanted. He wanted to be able to control what she did, and in some ways, it was good. Would have been good. I mean, he, Hillary, needed to be wrote back in, but he was never able to do it. It was the one thing he was never able to do. She loved him. They had a great relationship, great sex, great understanding between one another. That was never the problem. It was always, always that he couldn't control her crazy behavior. And now here he is you know here he is was with it with, with a bargaining chip over her and and once again like for the millionth time he thought that she had changed and he realized that he was wrong and so I feel like he's using the show as a way of rewarding and punishing her he didn't have that in the marriage or he could he could reward and and punish her emotionally but now that they're not involved emotionally, He's rewarding and punishing her based on her career. Like right before, they had this live taping of the Hillary Hour. Hillary just disappears. She just goes off map. No one knows where she is. Clearly unprofessional to like not line something up. Everybody's mad. Devon's mad about it. (laughs) Mariah is completely rattled because she's the co-host. She has to fill in in the main host position, and she ends up doing a really great job. It's such a great job. In fact, that Devon is like popping champagne corks as soon as the camera goes off and he's offering to rename the show the Mariah Hour (laughs) he's like you know what you did great let's just get rid of Hillary which he could have done anyway he didn't wouldn't have needed Mariah he could have brought in another host somebody he could have hired some professional to come in from out of nowhere to refill Hillary's spot he didn't need Mariah And now, all of a sudden, though, uh, Mariah did such a great job, he wants to accept Hillary's resignation. Well, (sighs) what, a couple hours later, he finds out that where Hillary really went, Okay. A young girl comes into the studio looking for Hillary, revealing that Hillary is her mentor and where Hillary disappeared to was to help her. This young girl's brother had OD'd and the family wasn't available to help her. So this girl calls Hillary the only other person she could think of and Hillary came to the rescue. That's where she was. I love the idea of Hillary signing up to be someone's mentor. I think that's a great way to influence youth without actually being a mom. But of course, when Devon realizes what he's, what Hillary's done, he changes his tune completely again. So now she can keep her show. Do you see what I'm saying? It's like he's using the show as a system of rewards and punishment. So now Hillary's doing a good thing. She should be rewarded. He has just flipped back and forth so many times. So is she. So has she. so maybe Hillary is right in what she said last week. The cycle, the cycle of their relationship is she messes up. he forgives her. It's kinda how they operate What color is the sky in your world. <laughs> Last week, uh, Mariah was r- ripping into Hillary a little bit about her delusion that Devon would just forgive her uh, based on what happened with Juliet. Well, maybe it wasn't quite so delusional <laughs> now that we think back on it. What well, colors the sky in your world? Mariah said it, and Sandra, Nancy, Henry, Anna, Lynn, Laura, and Ambreen, Keisha, Colleen, and Juanita all guessed that right. Let's do another quote here real quick. I like this one. It jumped out at me. Some dough's better than no dough. (laughs) Some dough's better than no dough. If you think you know who said it, you can go to whyarchat.com and leave your guess. If you get it right, then you too will get your shout out on next week's video. <laughs> Yrchat. Well, you know I hate to chat and run. Normally, this would be where I would pull together comments to read and respond to for everybody, but I have not had a chance <laughs> to dig into comments for the week. I've, I've definitely glanced and I've seen some good ones, but it takes a little bit of time for me to pull things together and, uh, and organize them based on topic and all that stuff, so I am really sorry, but I am, um, I'm reading comments personally, but I am not going to be able to uh, pull them together in time to get this YNR chow. A chat out to you on Sunday morning. So um, I apologize for that, but that certainly doesn't mean that I'm not reading. And in fact, um, I had, before I left town early this week, made a couple of little tweaks to the website this week, uh, including making the comment section a little bit better. You can actually go in and subscribe to threads now. So if you wanted to, you go in and get an email every time somebody responds to the chat you could do that if you want to get an email if you want to leave a comment and then uh, get an email when people respond to you you can do that too so I just thought that seemed a little nicer make it a little more interactive you can upvote, downvote comments if you would like to. Just, I'm trying to find ways to allow you guys to chat a little bit more with each other and give you, you know, give some thumbs up and all that to each other, um, uh, as opposed to just, um, just just sending messages to me. I I it's a YR chat, so I've, I've, it has occurred to me that I should probably make it so that you guys can chat with each other, not just to me. So so if you want to go to YRChat you can leave comments there, subscribe, vote, uh, look at all of the various things that I've got going on there. I'm gonna continue to make some updates there. I think that's a good. I think it's a good effort. To put forth and trying to make things a little more interactive, so you might see more things improving. Hopefully, here in the new few fu- in the near future. Uh, okay, my brain is toast. I hope I did a good job hitting the main points of the week, and I, if not, I will do a better job next week <laughs> once I've had some chance to settle back in and unpack my shampoo. <laughs> Settle into my y rs for the following week. So I apologize for the abbreviated version, but most certainly look forward to getting back to the full gig next week. And you can, uh, don't, j- don't, don't be afraid to let them rip at yrchat.com. I do love hearing from you. And, um, yeah, I think that's it. I love you guys and I will see you next Sunday. Bye.